It is the night before Christmas. That's right. Chris Middleton is potentially about to make his season debut for the Milwaukee Bucks, who will be at home against the Los Angeles Lakers. So we're going to talk about Chris Middleton on this podcast. We are also going to talk about this matchup with the Lakers. And I also want to take a look at some of Drew Holiday's play so far this season. He just continues to just under the radar, do his thing that he does uh, every single night. And we absolutely love it. So plenty to talk about. We're going to get started, though, with Chris Middleton. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN as we go live on today's podcast. Again, a last second decision here to go live, but if I'm going to do a solo pod, I may as well go live uh, these days. So if you are joining into the stream, jump in the comments and you can get involved on today's show. And as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of each and every day. Uh, I absolutely appreciate it, particularly here on YouTube. And this is why I'm telling people to get involved in the YouTube stuff. It's more interactive. Uh, You can have a look at my head, which is uh, real sicko stuff. But uh, you can jump in the comments, ask questions, get involved. Tell me I'm smart. Tell me I'm stupid. But we love it all. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's BetOnline where the game starts. All right, let's get straight into the news of the day. And we kind of thought that this was potentially coming yesterday when we did do a post-game podcast. But Chris Middleton, it looks like he is going to make his return uh, for this game against the Los Angeles Lakers. And everyone is really excited about that. I've been a Chris Middleton stand for the longest time. I am very excited to watch this man play basketball and as we just start by going through the injury report for this game against the Lakers so the uh, for the Bucks, Chris Middleton is probable, which is exactly what we want to see. Uh, unfortunately, this illness that just continues to go through the camp is bad news for the Bucks. So Marjon Beauchamp and Serge Ibaka have both been ruled out of this game with what they're calling a non-COVID illness, which seems to be what everyone has these days. I know there's been a little bit of health and safety related stuff. But for the most part, it's been this non-COVID business and it's been in the Bucks camp for a while. I know I theorized that Giannis wasn't feeling that well last week. So Marjon out, uh, he had a couple of DMPs anyway and Serge Barker out. But Chris Milton, the probable, that's what we all want to see. As far as the Lakers go, LeBron and Anthony Davis are both probable. And then you've got Lonnie Walker, the fourth, and Dennis Schroeder, uh, questionable there. And Dennis Schroeder, that is... Uh, personal reasons there so we'll see who actually plays in this game I hope everyone plays but more importantly we hope that Chris Middleton plays in this game and there is plenty of Chris Middleton love uh, coming through on the comments Ian says he's glad that he caught a live this is only the second in history so you're running at a 50% strike rate uh, Ian and we appreciate you joining along with everyone else so some news did come out 
with Chris Middleton today and Jim Olszewski over at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel uh, put his story out, which was an added wrinkle that I wasn't aware of. Maybe some of uh, the listeners were or Bucks fans. I'm not sure if it was public knowledge, but we've all sat back and theorized why uh, why Chris Middleton was taking so long to come back into the team. Now, I wasn't as concerned as most just because I sat back and said, well, this is the Milwaukee Bucks. They're going to be cautious with guys. They've got a history of being cautious with injuries. But in Jim's story, which I just went through and had a look, he had a bit of a timeline uh, for some of the things that have gone down here. Now, keep in mind that uh, Chris Middleton's last game was on April 20. That was game two against the Chicago Bulls. And that was initially the knee injury that kept him out for the remainder of the postseason. Then he had the wrist surgery in July. Was expected to miss the first few weeks uh, of the season. So he practiced with the herd on November 1st. And I remember being on this show and and discussing and saying, well, look, if he's with the herd, I'm going to say that he's around two to three weeks away from coming back. That's a general timeline of when you see these injuries happen. Uh, and, and the unfortunate news that Jim had in this story, November 1st, he practiced with the Wisconsin herd. On November 2nd, uh, his father passed away, and he, he was only 57. They're, they're far too young. Uh, terrible news. And there's been you know, a few stories over the years about the relationship Chris has uh, with his father and the fact that you know, he was a big influence on his basketball journey as well. So then Chris was away from the team until the 9th or, 10th, uh, 9th or 10th of November, I should say. So now you start to look at it and you say, okay, it's very understandable why this last little stretch of returning back to the floor, uh, this is why it's taken a little bit longer. Obviously, a, a, a terrible event in Chris' life and then he he obviously had to take some time to get back to the floor. So not only is that explain why this has been a little bit delayed, uh, but it also explains the vague nature of uh, Mike Budenholzer and some of the answers. Now, you can easily make the case that Bud is always vague with his answers around injuries, uh, but in this situation, it, it makes a lot of sense. So Chris has been back uh, for another couple of, of weeks here with the team, and now he's ready uh, to make his return to the floor. So I've got some numbers to get into here. Uh, but I'll get into some of the comments here that we have. And, and Pedro says, when was the last time the core four of Giannis, Chris, Drew, and Brooke were all truly healthy at the same time? Championship run was Giannis's knee. Ring night was Brooke Lopez's back. And the last playoffs had Rusty uh, and Hurts, uh, Chris Middleton there as well. Brooke Lopez, the Rusty one there. So, no, it's a fantastic point. I'm guessing it would have been early in that championship run when they were at least as close to healthy as you can be towards the back end of the season. So this is by far the silver lining of Chris Milton returning at this point of the season for mine, because you can point to, well, geez, we would have loved to have Chris Milton for the last month, but the Bucks are 15 and five. As I said on yesterday's podcast, they are on track for a 60 win season. And now you get Chris Milton back healthy and fresh. Brooke Lopez is literally looking better than he ever has in a Milwaukee uniform. And health is always the biggest question mark on any road uh, to a championship team. But I think it's a great point that that Pedro makes here. I think the Bucks are in a pretty pretty good uh, pretty good spot uh, to make a real run here. Now uh, we have another comment from Andrew. He says Chris maybe just needs a few built bars and he'll be just fine. So look, there is going to be some significant rust. And shout out to built bar. There's going to be some significant rust with Chris Middleton coming back to this team. I think we should all expect to be a little bit patient. We've seen it with other guys that have come back 
from injuries, whether it was Drew Holiday a little bit with his ankle. It's to be expected. And Chris at times has been a little bit streaky. So, you know, I don't even expect him to start in this game necessarily against the Lakers. I think he'll probably play anywhere between 15 to 20 minutes, I would suspect. The bonus of it being a wrist injury is the fact that it's not necessarily uh, cardio. He's been able to run. He's been able to do all those things. It's just been the contact stuff, the shooting with the wrist. So maybe uh, he'll be a little bit rusty shooting the ball, but he should be in relatively good shape uh, coming into this game, which uh, which will be, be good stuff. Charlie Saturday says he may be available. He may not. Time will tell. And that is a classic bud answer. So it is interesting that he's not completely off the injury report. He's just a probable for now. Uh, but we're certainly hoping that by the time the game rolls around tomorrow, Chris Middleton will be there. I've got some numbers regarding Chris uh, with this offense that if you're a Bucks fan, we know the offense hasn't been exactly firing on all cylinders on a night-to-night basis, but some stuff and some reason to believe that this is a humongous addition, which should be obvious to everyone, uh, but we're going to get into that. After I talk about Bet Online, our sponsor of today's show, Bet Online. .net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer, the World Cup. I know the US fans are excited. The Australian fans are excited. And everyone else from wherever you are across the world, if your country is still in it, I'm sure you're pretty fired up. And all the info is there at betonline.net. I've got some updated uh, trends from the NBA. So Jason Tatum is the new MVP favorite. And Shea, uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander has been added at 60-1 to 1 in the MVP betting. Let me give you a piece of advice. SGA is not winning uh, the MVP this year. As far as coach of the year, uh, there is some coaches that are off the board with coach of the year. And unfortunately, Darvin Ham, our friend, is off the board. They think that he cannot win this year's coach of the year. So is Greg Popovich. Uh, Tibbs as well with the Knicks, but defensive player of the year, Brooke Lopez went from off the board to the new favorite when it comes to defensive player of the year. And I think we all agree with that. So betonline.net is the place to go. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's betonline where the game starts. Uh, Make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast after you're done with Locked On Bucks as well. And let's continue the Chris Middleton chat here. So Sam says, when Middleton starts again, I think we should bring Grayson off the bench and keep Javon starting. So I would assume that this is going to be a decision that would be based on how the Bucks think that they can best utilize Grayson Allen. Because I think Grayson is the one, and we all look and say, okay, well, there's some defensive deficiencies there. But ultimately, if you're talking about the fifth starter, whether it's Javon Carter or whether it's Grayson Allen, the numbers are probably going to be dominant. They are going to be dominant as long as you're playing alongside Giannis, Drew, and Chris. Overall, it's going to look fantastic. But how do you maximize your role players, whether it is a Javon, whether it's a a Grayson Allen, you know, Pat Connaughton to a lesser extent because he can do some more things. I think it's about what are the what is the shot quality that Grayson is getting playing next to Giannis and Chris compared to what he gets in some of those bench lineups. So I'm not as concerned as many about the defensive stuff 
with Grayson Allen. Sure, if you get to a series with the Boston Celtics, that's the one team everyone wants to talk about. Uh, but I think for this point in time, I, I'd be cool either way, whether it's Javon or whether it's Grayson Allen. The one point I would make, and I know there's been a lot of George Hill chat throughout the season, and I, I'm i not as down on George Hill as I would say the majority of people, unless it's just a vocal minority that are, that are talking about George Hill. But to me, if... The, the one benefit potentially, if you bring Javon Carter off the bench, you have Grayson Allen in the starting lineup. You know that Chris Middleton does a lot of ball handling. He's a, he's a good pick and roll operator. I know he turns it over a little bit, but he's a good facilitator. Obviously, a great offensive weapon. Then you, if you have Javon Carter coming off the bench, you know, maybe you start to see that George Hill finds it difficult to really find his place outside of minimal minutes. So... That's something to think about there, whether you just say, listen, Javon Carter is our straight-up backup point guard. And, of course, you can you can put him in whatever lineup you want, and he's going to bring the defense. If you need some extra facilitating, uh, you can put him out there. But that would be the argument I would make for leaving Grayson in the starting lineup there. And I do think Grayson is someone that will benefit from playing alongside the better players. So that would be where I sit on it. I'd probably start... With with uh, with keep Grayson in the starting lineup. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but that's probably the way I would lean. And just quickly, Ian says, "Can we call it Christmas Eve?" We absolutely can. This is Christmas Eve. Let's hope that Christmas arrives tomorrow when the Bucks play the Lakers. So, pretty simple stuff. But Chris Milton, over the course of the last three seasons, this is a guy that gets you twenty points, five rebounds, and five assists on 46, 40, 88 splits thereabouts. So. You're talking about a primetime scorer on this team. And you're talking about a primetime scorer that the Bucs desperately need in the half court. So far this season, the Bucs are scoring 94.3 points per 100 plays in the half court. That's 21st in the league. So that's bottom third. And quite honestly, it's a big source of the problem for the Bucs offense this year. If you look at... And Chris brings a lot of things to the table. And he's not necessarily a dynamite isolation scorer. But the frequency of isolation plays and the bailout option, particularly in fourth quarter of games, has just been missing from this team. So, so far this year, Giannis is going at a frequency of 12.4% for isolation plays. That's 35th in the league. And then you go all the way down to Drew Holiday, who's at 6.7%. And that's 79th in the league. And last year, Chris Milton was at 13.2%, which is higher than both of those numbers. So the Bucs haven't had a bailout option. They haven't been able to score in the half court. And that's why they've been living off the defense and being able to score, even though the transition stuff hasn't been great because of the shooting, they haven't had their number one source of offense in the half court and the best jump shooter from a variety of ways uh, with Chris Middleton. So... They are desperately going to need him. And I mentioned the 94.3 points per play, uh, points per 100 plays in half court, 94.3 points. So they've been running at a frequency of 78.7% for half court plays. That is identical to last year. So you may think to yourself, how has the absence of Chris Middleton impacted how often the Bucs are in the half court? Have they just relentlessly tried to speed things up? And has that impacted the uh, the efficiency of the transition 
Uh, no, they've been exactly the same for the percentage of plays in the half court. The efficiency has just been well, well down, and it shouldn't be a great surprise there. So having Chris Middleton back in this lineup uh, is going to be absolutely awesome. We're going to get to more on uh, the Bucks and Lakers a little bit later. Uh, Lewis here, or Louis, was it Lewis or Louis? He says, yes, sir, we are live. Let's go first time catching you live. So this is this is fun stuff. And this is how you guys can get involved. And Justin says, there's a lot of crowd of trade talk, but Grayson has been great. Why not trade Bobby instead? It would be cutthroat. But who would you rather have in the playoffs? Suns want a PF in return per Windhorse. Uh, thoughts about that? Well, I would say that Bobby Portis has been a key contributor to a championship run. And actually, I would say that the Bobby Portis run in 2021 is exactly why I wouldn't be 100% out on Grayson Allen because people will say, well, Bobby Portis was unplayable in a series, which he was. He hardly played in a series against the Brooklyn Nets that the Bucks went all the way to game seven. But then he was an extremely valuable contributor in the finals and had some really big moments against the Phoenix Suns. So, you know, to me, when I look at Grayson Allen, I say, I understand why people think just keep stacking on the the, the wings that can defend the, the, the Celtics. But Crowder ultimately is just going to be a catch-and-shoot guy. We saw it yesterday against the Knicks. Now, yeah, Grayson Allen was one for four for three on the night. But even the game before when he was seven for seven from three, he's just more dynamic of a shooter. And you're not pigeonholed into saying, hey, Jay, stand in the corner, man. And we're just going to pray that you're having one of your hot streaks because historically you've been a really streaky shooter. So again, is there other options that come up for trade later in the season that you sit back and say, yeah, I think that's one that I want to trade Grayson Allen for? Maybe, but as for right now, I don't think the Bucs need to add another body that can play on the wing. You're about to get Chris Middleton back. Uh, we all still sit here and cross our fingers that Joe Ingles is, is one, healthy and able to make a healthy return. And then two, looks anything like Joe Ingles has in the past. And again, I have no shame in saying that I am optimistic about Joe and my, some of that might be Aussie bias. No problem in saying that, but the Bucks invested in him for a reason. They believe that he can be a player that can play later in the season, and we're still a little bit away uh, from seeing that. So I just don't see any urgency at all uh, to, to bring in you know, a Jay Crowder this early in the season. And Charlie Saturday says... Uh, Crowder puts physical pressure on guys in a way that Allen just can't. That's absolutely right. And, and Grayson Allen scores in a variety of ways that Jay Crowder just can't on a team that quite honestly has needed offense in the postseason. So the identity of this team is defense, no doubt. But I, I don't know about you know getting rid of a guy like Grayson Allen, who not only is one of the best shooters outside of Chris, but also uh, we have seen him score in a variety of ways, get putting the ball on the floor and get into the basket. And I mentioned this on the podcast a couple of days ago, but Grayson actually, I think he needs to lean into the athleticism a little bit more. We have seen him have some really athletic finishes where one day he's going to throw down a dunk on someone. But if he's not throwing down the dunk, he's getting fouled. He's getting to the free throw line where he shoots a really high percentage um, or he is able to finish there. So look, I think we're seeing some growth with Grayson this year. He's up around the mid 60s percentage wise shooting at the rim, which is a nice number. So. To me, again, I might be out on an island and I might prove to be wrong the longer the season goes. But for now, at least, 
I'm still on the Grayson Allen train, and I know that's a pretty popular one to be on now because he's had a good week. He might have a bad week next week, but I'm going to stay where I am until at least after Christmas, and hopefully we see Joe Ingles return not long after that. So we will just see uh, how this all plays out. We've seen a number of comments and they are regarding Darvin Ham, our old friend who went to the Lakers. And, you know, it's interesting overall. I think when Darvin took this job, most Bucks fans were pumped that he finally got his opportunity as a head coach. I think that there was also a healthy number of people that were concerned that he was leaving the Bucks and he was a, a fantastic influence in the locker room. And then additionally, I think that there was some people like myself who was like, gee, this is going to be a really tough first up job going to the Lakers. There's going to be a lot of pressure in Los Angeles and I'm just not sure that this team is that good. And that's where we see ourselves uh, at the moment with Darwin and the Lakers. They've been a mediocre team. They're 26th in offense, 7th in defense. They are able to defend, but they haven't been able to score It's interesting that they took Westbrook to the bench or they slid Westbrook to the bench. And I think that that is a huge tip of the hat to Darvin Ham to be able to get Russell Westbrook to not only go to the bench, but play pretty good basketball. They are eight and eight with Westbrook on the bench so far this season. And he's averaging 16 points, five rebounds, 7.7 assists. The shooting percentages have come down a little bit over the last few games. But before that, his shot selection was pretty good. He was playing uh, unselfish as well. So uh, do I think the Lakers are a, a playoff team? No, but I think Darwin has done an excellent job to this point. Even if it's not to keep Westbrook for the rest of the season, which is exactly what Q points out in the comments. He says, Darwin has Westbrook back to a tradable piece. Hey, if you could do that and the Lakers can somehow get better by the end of the season and sniff the play-in tournament, that is an undeniable success for Darwin Ham. But as far as this Bucks game goes, Keep the comments rolling through. Uh, we got some more people jumping on the stream here. I did this late. Apologies. I will plan one in advance and try and give people more notice, but uh, this was just a solo pod, and I thought, hey, let's see who's up late at night in the US, and let's have some fun here on this podcast. So overall, this is, a, I, I think, you know, outside of, uh, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis has been playing some good basketball of late. If they both play, I don't think the intimidation factor is there or where it was in the past. But this matchup is still one that the Bucs should feel pretty good about. The Lakers are third for points in the paint this year. So you ask how they're scoring. It's been a, a terrible offense overall. They don't have much shooting. But third for points in the paint at 56 per game. That bodes pretty well for the Bucs. They are second in the league for opposition points in the paint at 44.9. So I would say that this is the ideal matchup for the Bucs to say, hey, we're going to play drop coverage. You want to shoot the threes, go for it. But it will be a test of the Bucs' new uh, defensive strategy. Do they defend the three-point line as closely as they have in other matchups? Or do they go back to the old style and say, hey, you want to put AD in the post? We're going to W and we're going to force other guys to shoot from the outside. I would suspect that we're going to go back in time to the defense uh, 
the somewhat maligned defense of recent years. And uh, the Bucks are going to say, hey, Lakers, you want to win this game? Shoot a whole bunch of threes and we'll see whether uh, you can get over the top. So that is going to be really curious there. And an interesting point here made by Leonidas, Dennis Schroeder won't play because Giannis is going to go ham if he sees him after Schroeder was disrespectful to Greece. I completely forgot about that. There is some Eurobasket carnage left over entering this game. As I mentioned at the start, Dennis Schroeder, uh, questionable for personal reasons. So potentially uh, he might uh, not play in this game. Uh, we've got someone logging in here from 4.53 a.m. where they are. It might be from Greece. But a few other comments and uh, there's some discussions around, you know, Pat being the, the closer. And uh, and we certainly understand that in the past, he's been that guy. So there is lots of lineup versatility. So when you talk about who starts, who doesn't start, I don't think it ultimately matters. If you want some extra defense at the guard spot and someone to press full court, that can be Javon. If you're looking for a bit of size on the wing, it can be Pat Connaughton. If you do want a shooter out there, it can be Grayson. But there is plenty of options. And I think that's what we've seen for the Bucks to be 15 and five at this point in the season. They've certainly outdone my expectations. But uh, we will see how they start to fit in all the pieces. But it's exciting. Bucks and Lakers is always a fun one. And particularly when you get Chris Middleton back in the fold. And uh, as Brooke Lopez said, this feels like a weapon that the Bucks are adding to their team despite being on 60-win pace. A 20-point per night guy, as I said, with five rebounds, five assists. And the Bucs haven't had potentially their biggest weapon in the half court when we talk about the half court struggles. And that's the Giannis Chris pick and roll. We're going to see a bit of that maybe tomorrow night, but certainly as the season rolls on. Uh, so there is plenty of good stuff to look forward to with the Bucs. Depending on what happens, I'm trying to rope Frank into a post-game pod on the weekend for Bucks and Lakers. We'll see if I can drag him on for that one. But this live podcast has been a lot of fun as usual. We keep them short. We keep them to under 30 minutes or around 30 minutes. So I'm about to wrap this up. Uh, But it's been fun. And shout out to uh, the uh, around 100 people that have jumped on here on late notice for Locked On Bucks. And if you're listening on delay, the usual The usual way or the old school way, as we say, we appreciate that as well and subscribe to YouTube. And I think you get a notification. Maybe someone in the, in the comments here can uh, let me know, but I think you get a notification when I'm, when I'm live and then, uh, and then you jump straight in and we've got some Aussies in the stream as well. So we love that. But overall, we love that the bucks are healthy as is pointed out in the stream as well. So let's wrap this up. Apologies to Alex and a few other people who are just joining in on the stream. Hey, enjoy Bucks and Lakers this weekend. Enjoy the US in the World Cup. Enjoy Australia in the World Cup. Enjoy whoever else is playing in the World Cup if your country is still alive. And subscribe on YouTube, on the audio platform, and we will be back post-game, perhaps. That's where you're going to subscribe. We're locked on Bucks after Bucks and Lakers. Enjoy the game.